0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the trick to better understanding artificial intelligence.
1: There's huge market demand for AI skills, but there isn't a lot of information or education out there to help people fulfill those jobs. So I think that's the bigger risk than AI taking jobs from humans.
0: Next guest is Lara Mafeo. She's reported on and worked within the global technology sector in various ways. She's worked with CEOs of pre-seed and profitable SaaS startups as software as a service startups in various ways around media strategy and she owns editorial content from ideation through publication. She's here in the DC region working now as a senior content analyst at GetApp, but she's previously worked out in Silicon Valley with some prominent companies there, and she's very much involved and has been for years in helping people understand the various technological trends that are affecting us. We're going to talk today about a very hot trend and unpack it a bit, which is the whole the whole trend of artificial intelligence. First of all, Lauren, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Well, I find that for many people, they conflate artificial intelligence and machine learning, and I'm not sure they really understand the difference or what the heck they're talking about when they say artificial intelligence. Help us out a bit.
1: You're exactly right about that. Machine learning is often spoken about as something that is separate from artificial intelligence itself, but it's actually a type of artificial intelligence that essentially retrains itself. So machine learning is based on getting ideally large amounts of data and then making decisions and informed choices based on those data. I, that data either through perception or prediction. And so a really common example of machine learning at work today is Netflix. Whenever you give Netflix any signals about the content that you like or dislike, you are giving the algorithm in Netflix more data that it can train itself on, and then it can ideally make more tailored predictions about the type of content that you would like or dislike as a consumer. There are some limitations with this though machine learning algorithms can be easily fooled because they don't understand nuance and so if you were to program in content that you actually dislike it would subsequently give you more content that you dislike because again those machines don't understand the social nuance of how they're being used which again makes them susceptible to bad actors either in a minor case like netflix or with a more important technology Exactly. With the
0: the image, uh, the experiment around image recognition.
1: Exactly. And another common example of that in a negative way is Tay, which is a bot that Microsoft produced a few years ago where it was trained to take in data from users on social media and a few bad actors chose to feed it. Very racist content. And mm-hmm. so then it subsequently j- learned what it was given and then started producing racist content in and of itself because the machines really only know what they l- are able to learn from. And that's another thing that I think is a common misconception about AI. It's the fact that people think of it already as this standalone technology that is independently intelligent from humans. And we're not there yet.
0: No, we're not there yet. But what we are, I think, is. Software, artificial intelligence software, is able to mimic more and more often the processes that we go through as humans to gather information and make recommendations to a friend or find a law case that's relevant or see what the disease state is in somebody. I have heard uh, many suggest that the technology, that, that machine learning, or artificial intelligence has gotten to the point where it really is creating job displacement. But I've also heard people and read reports from significant uh, consulting firms like Pricewood House Coopers or McKenzie say that it's going to create an explosion of new jobs. I know you're following this a lot and you've written on it. What's your view? Where, is it a good or bad thing?
1: This is another area where there's a lot of nuance that, that often gets lost in media coverage of AI. I think the most important thing for people to know is that you can't conflate narrow AI with general AI. Narrow AI is artificial intelligence that is programmed to solve one very particular problem. So an example in the popular world is the is DeepMind, which programmed an algorithm that beat the world champion at Go, which is a very complicated game. And And that was considered a huge breakthrough in AI technology because of how complex the game of Go is. But the thing to know about that algorithm is that even though it performed better than a human in that case, it can only play Go. That's the only thing the algorithm can do. It doesn't have the range of capabilities and certainly not the range of emotions that a human does. And so therefore, it's not, quote, better than a human. What you're talking about is general AI, which is artificial intelligence that purports to have the same range of depth emotion and capabilities as a human. And again, we're not there yet. So when we talk about AI replacing jobs, basically what it's going to do for the foreseeable future is replace rules-based repetitive tasks. And that can be anything from, for example, driving a vehicle to Programming. I mean, already, if you talk to any software developer, they want to automate as much as they possibly can, but it doesn't necessarily mean that AI is going to take the jobs of software developers. If you look at the long-term forecasts for job growth, two-thirds of future jobs within the next five to seven years are forecast to be cognitive-based, which means that they are not rules-based and repetitive and they're therefore less susceptible to automation, the challenge is that we don't know what a lot of those jobs will be, and they will require constant retraining. And that's something that I think is a risk with AI that is not discussed often enough is the lack of education for for these types of jobs right now but also in the future and there's huge market demand for ai skills but there isn't a lot of information or education out there to help people fulfill those jobs so i think that's the bigger risk than ai taking jobs from humans
0: effectively what you're telling me is that you should teach people how to
1: think exactly exactly. I mean, that's that's that really is what it comes down to. I think the high level cognitive strat strategic thinking is really, the most valuable skill in the market today because, again, there are so many tasks within different professions from accounting to software development that are being automated right now, and they will continue to be automated. And so your job as a professional is going to change rapidly because you will be focused on the more high-level strategic thinking.
0: Well, Lauren, thanks a lot for taking the time to come on and talk about this important issue. It was very insightful. I'm sure I'll have you on again. That was Lauren Maffeo, folks. We're glad to have her. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: And now, Bottom Line with cybersecurity expert J.C. Hertz. I'm J.C. Hertz with a test to know whether your security can be trusted. Trustworthy security processes are observable, measurable, repeatable, and running on a continuous basis. It used to be that we could run a set of scans for software. It was a once-and-done process. But that's not good enough anymore. We need to be testing and measuring the security of our systems and our software applications on a continuous basis. Observable data is critical. The scan results, which version of those scans were done, all of that needs to be someplace where people can find it. System audits are great, but they go out of date. If your system isn't being audited whenever the software is updated, it's not accurate as soon as someone pushes a patch. Measurements need to be dirt cheap and running in the background. If Josh or Donna from Audit has to get involved, you're already behind the curve and whatever security processes you have in place to make sure things are green. Those need to be repeatable. The bottom line is that observable measurable and repeatable process is the best way to build sustainable security and give you some clues about where the business processes and human resources need an upgrade. That was bottom line with cybersecurity expert, JC Hertz.
0: Thank you to our sponsor Tedco. TEDCO invests in early-stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. TEDCO's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Thank you to Speakerbox Communications. Speakerbox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Tandem Product Academy. If you're looking to grow a software technology business and you're past your first five employees or your first half a million dollars in revenue, their free educational program will teach you how to grow your business. Supported by a broad group of our region's leading business organizations and local governments, Tandem Product Academy is free to participants. Learn more at tandeminnovate.com. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.